0: Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. MLBC is led by Pastor Dennis Fountain and exists to help real people going through real life experience real change through our incredible God. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. I hope this morning that as uh, as you celebrate Christmas season, as we come into Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day tomorrow... I hope we do not lose the, uh, the meaning behind Christmas, and I shared this a few weeks ago. We know, and many of you know this, uh, I hate to break it to you, but Jesus wasn't born on December 25th, um, but Jesus was born, and he was born for you and for me, and he gave up heaven. Philippians chapter two says that he didn't think it robbery to humble himself and to come to this earth and die for us. And so I hope that today and this week, as we go through the Christmas season, I really pray that you and I would remember that he is a king that humbled himself to die for you and for me. Take your Bibles today. Let's go to Isaiah chapter number nine, Isaiah chapter nine. We have everyone in with us this morning. And so there might be a few more distractions than normal. That's okay. We're gonna have a great time. We're gonna have a good time studying God's word together, and I am looking forward to, uh, to the passage this morning, and looking forward to be a help, hopefully, to every single person that's here today. If I were to, uh, if I were to give you some names, I don't want you to answer yet, uh, but I just, well, actually, you can answer. I'm going to give you a name. You can give me what you know that name from, all right? I'm going to give you a name. You can give me what you know that name from, and we'll talk about what they have to do with each other in just a minute. You ready? All right, here we go. Tim the toolman Taylor. Home Improvement. All right, good. Uh, how about this? Bandit Healer. All right, Bluey. More adults answered on that one than the kids. Uh, Philip Banks. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Ward Cleaver. All right, leave it to Beaver. How about uh, Carl Winslow? Family Matters. All right, uh, I think I'll get this one. Here we go. How about uh, Danny Tanner? Full house. Full house. How about um, Mr. Davenport? <laughs> oh, lab rats. All right. There's a couple people who knew that one. Uh, here you go. Some of going to date you. How about uh, Charles Ingalls? <laughs> All right, good. And uh, last but not least, Peppa Pig. Or wait, Daddy Pig, sorry. (laughs) I had the other way around. Daddy Pig on Peppa Pig. Uh, All of these names would be familiar to you. The reason is because they're all dads. They're all dads represented on TV shows. Now, there was something that took place, these TV shows, over the years. Parents, have you ever noticed, and uh, some of the kids might not notice it now, but they are all characters from different shows that over the years... Fathers on TV have got worse and worse. While they you know, the 50s and 60s, there were dads on TV. And I think of Ward Cleaver. I remember growing up watching Leave It to Beaver. My mom and dad would put that on. And I remember watching that and he he would work and come home and eat dinner. And then I think he was kind of one of the last father figures that people looked to and said, yeah, that's a good father figure. As you moved into the 70s and 80s, uh, it became popular to make the dad in a show to be just a bumbling, inept, Clumsy and many times an immature character who really just had no handle on reality. That's, there's some shows that don't do that now. There's some shows. There's some dads I just named in some TV shows that teach some things. I, I don't know much about Bluey, but from the episodes I've watched, the dad on there teaches the kids a few things, and so maybe things are changing. I doubt it, but maybe they are. But unfortunately, what is portrayed on the screen for fathers is actually, unfortunately, it's, it's what's represented in many of the homes. And while there are some great dads out there, and there are many great dads in this room, the fact is that our society often looks down on fatherhood and real leadership in the home. And you say, well, pastor, why do you bring up fatherhood on Christmas? Well, because we're going through a study in the book of Isaiah. If you have been with us in our study and the kids haven't been in here, so we'll kind of get everyone on the same page. Isaiah is a prophet. He's telling Israel what is gonna happen to them. And Isaiah tells the people of Israel, hey, listen, you are about to come into some very dark times. It's gonna be a very bad situation. You're gonna be captured and you're gonna be taken prisoner into the land of Babylon. And and it's just gonna be a miserable time. You're going to lose your home. Kids are going to lose all your friends. You're going to lose all your toys. You're going to lose every, you can't go to Taco Bell anymore. It's all gone. That's summarized in Isaiah 8.22 as a very dark time. Now, no Taco Bell sounds like a dark time, doesn't it? Now, for some of you, never mind. I just want to go there. is saying to him, you're going to come into this dark season, but there is hope. Because with God, there is hope, and that hope has a name. Well, what is his name? Well, that's where we've been in our series, and so we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 9, read two verses. You don't need to stand this morning as we read these very familiar verses, but I want you to see the next name that is given to hope that we find in Isaiah chapter number 9. We read these verses here, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment. And with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. We've been going through the names of Jesus. Hey, hope has a name and his name is wonderful. When, when the Messiah comes, you are going to stand in in awe. You are going to stand in wonder at who he is. His name is Counselor. He offers the best advice because he is the very definition of wisdom. Last week, we saw that his name is Mighty God. Jesus is God. Don't let anybody ever ever tell you, no, 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 he was just a good prophet, he was just a good man. No, Jesus is God in human form, that is the deity of Jesus Christ. And today we come to our next name, and that's the name of the Everlasting Father. The Everlasting Father. You know, when we look at the characters that we look at just a minute ago out of the TV shows, some of them are displayed as foolish Some of them are displayed as not having a handle on reality. Some of them are displayed as never knowing what's going on in their family. Can I tell you this morning, our attention is going to be drawn to a father who is like none other. He is a father who knows everything going on. He's a father who cares about everything going on. And I don't know what your relationship with your earthly father was like, but oftentimes we translate or we we actually get a picture of God through our earthly father. And so sometimes if you did not have a good relationship with your earthly father, you think God is not that way. But today there is a reason why Jesus was given the name, the everlasting father. So we're gonna answer two questions today. The first question we're gonna answer is why. Why is he given the name everlasting father? The second question, why does it matter for you and me? What what does it do for our life? So let's pray. We'll jump right into the passage this morning and we will hear from the Lord about the name, the Everlasting Father. Dear God, I thank you for this day. Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity to be here in church. God, we're thankful for what you are gonna do in these next few minutes together. And so, Lord, I pray as we jump into this passage, Lord, I pray that you would arrest our attention for these next uh, few minutes, Lord, that you would help us to hear from you. Lord, I pray for the youngest to the oldest in this room. God, would you speak to us? Would you help us to be challenged? Lord, I pray if there's someone here this morning that does not know that heaven is where they would spend eternity, I pray that today they would put their faith and their trust in you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you're going to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So why is he called Heavenly, or everlasting father? Why is he given this name? I want you to see with me just a few things from scripture today, why Jesus was given the name everlasting father. First, I see this, that Jesus holds the keys of eternity. He's given the name everlasting father because he holds the keys of eternity. If you were to go to Revelation chapter number one and verse number 18, you would find the, this this verse there, I am He that liveth. Jesus says this and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. Now, maybe you know that. Maybe you've heard that verse before, but I never really thought about it. Anybody have a pair, a set of keys this morning? Someone just throw me a set of keys. Throw, throw. Whoa. Sheesh. Man, what are those? I'm not. I don't want pepper spray. I need. I just need a man's set of keys. Someone give me. You got keys on you? There you go. Oh, we got. Oh, there. Yeah, man's set. Of, that's a fob. Just got a chicken wing on it. Man, what is up with this? No, we're good. I'm kidding. Uh, this really is a chicken wing, man. I'm just going to take a bite out of this. Uh, man, if I were to, if I were to ask a question to any of these kids out here, Noah, you want to help me? Would you help me? Come here. Come help me real quick. Noah's just going to help me, all right? Noah, I want you to do, when you, uh, when you leave today, let's pretend that these are the keys to the car. Here you go. Would you go ahead and drive? Could you drive home today? No. Why not? Because it's illegal. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's illegal. That's a good reason. Do you know how to drive? Not really. Not really? Okay. Uh, in your house, okay, at home, at home, who normally does the driving? My dad. Your dad. Uh, who normally carries the keys? Why does he carry the keys? Because he's my dad. Let me see those. Now now Noah had no idea I was gonna do this, but he gave the exact answer I wanted him to give. Here's why. The the picture that this is chicken wing. I just can't even do this with a chicken wing. The picture that's given, the picture that's given is this that the person who's in charge the person who knows what's going on, the person who has the authority, the person who has the power holds the keys. Now, now listen, some people in this room might say, oh, well, pastor, don't you know we live in a society? My wife does the driving. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the picture, the illustration that Jesus is giving in Revelation because he says, I hold the keys of hell and of death. Here's what he is saying. I have all authority... Over eternity. I hold the keys and the chicken wing. He says, I, he says, I hold the keys. He said, no one else holds the keys. I'm the dad. I hold the keys. It's a great picture. Thanks, Noah. You did a great job, man. Thanks, Wayne. Chicken wings. That's amazing. Man, I don't know. I'd like reach in my pocket and be hungry every time I ever went for my keys. Man, he says, I have the keys of death and of hell. I have the keys of eternity. Don't we know that when, when this little baby was born... I mean, you and I, we celebrate Christmas and we celebrate the birth of a baby. And so tomorrow, I don't know if you're like us, we'll wake up and we'll read the Christmas story together and we'll sing happy birthday to Jesus and we'll celebrate a baby being born. But we have to know that in that manger, that baby was God in human form and that baby is the everlasting father. And that baby was born to die. He holds the keys of eternity. It was said this way to uh, Joseph in Matthew 121, he shall bring forth a, she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Why? Because his purpose is to save his people from their sins. Hey, the purpose of Jesus, he was born to die. You see, we celebrate the birth of a child, but we're actually celebrating the death of the king. Because if Jesus had not died, he could not be the one who holds the keys of eternity. To Mary, it was said this way in Luke chapter 10 verse, or Luke chapter 2 verses 10 and 11, the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, or excuse me, this is to the shepherds, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior. I want you to catch that phrase when it says, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior. The word savior, one who saves, one who offers salvation. You see, the fact of the matter is this, that Jesus is called the everlasting father because he is the only one who holds salvation. He is the father of salvation. And so I wonder this morning, as we really look at this passage, I wonder if you know him as the father of your salvation. I wonder if there's been a time in your life when you have put your faith and your trust in Jesus. I wonder, has there been a time that you say, well, pastor, I was born into a Christian family. Just because you were born into a Christian family doesn't make you a child of the king. You have to make that decision on your own. You have to have a time in your life when you know, you say, "Well, oh, pastor, I can't remember the date. It's okay if you can't remember the date, but do you know that there's a time in your life when you put your personal faith and your trust in Jesus Christ alone? Not in church, not in works, not in baptism, completely in Jesus alone. Do you know that? Why, why should I know that? Because Jesus is the only way for you and I to have eternal life. He's the only way for us to have fellowship with him. It's because he is the father of salvation. You see, Jesus said it this way in Mark chapter 10, verse number 45, for the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You see, that baby is the everlasting father. Why? Because that baby holds the keys of eternity. Why else is he called the everlasting father? Well, Jesus is the everlasting father because Jesus offers safety and comfort. Perfect safety and complete comfort. <clears throat> I love the story. It's told of a, uh, of a botanist, a botanist, someone who studies plants, a botanist who was traveling from his country to another country. And as he was hiking right outside of a village, the story is told that he saw this extremely rare flower hanging from a, from a cliff. The locals referred to that cliff as an inaccessible precipice. Hey, there is no way to get up there. Well, this this botanist, he kind of ventured to the top of that cliff where he could kind of look down the the 50 or 60 feet or so down the side of this this cliff. And as he looked and, and was kind of pondering and thinking, how could I get down there? A young boy came by on the path. And that botanist, he looked at that young boy and he said, hey, son, I just got a question for you. If I paid you some money, could I put you on the end of a rope and lower you down to cut that plant for me? That little boy, like any little boy, says, how much money? <laughs> and that man, he read that botanist, he said, well, son, I'll, I'll give you $25. Little boy said, no, sir, thank you. Man thought for a minute, okay, it wasn't enough money. He said, son, I'll, I'll give you $75. No, sir, that's okay. Thank you. All right, son, I don't have much more than that. I'll I'll give you $150. And here's what that little boy said. He said, okay, mister, I'll do it. But first, I'm gonna get my dad to hold the rope. Why would he say that? Because he trusts dad. Man, dad holds... Comfort. If dad's holding that rope, I have all comfort. If dad's holding that rope, I have all safety. Can I tell you right now that because Jesus holds the keys of eternity, hey, Jesus is the one who offers you complete safety and complete comfort. He's always holding the rope. And with Jesus, the rope's never going to break and he's never going to let go. He's the everlasting father who provides safety and comfort. What does he provide safety and comfort in? Well, we have to know as the everlasting father, he provides safety and comfort for our eternity, okay? Now listen, I know it's a little bit of repetition, but Jesus not only holds the keys of eternity, but once you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, he holds your eternity forever. Now, why, why, did, why is that important? Well, that's important because... If it was up to you or me to hold our eternity, we would fail. And there's some religions out there that will teach you and they will say, well, listen, once you trust Christ as your savior, you're not going to be perfect. And you're going to need to make that decision again, because you're going to sin and you're going to lose that salvation. Can I tell you that you and I, we will never lose our salvation. Why? Because he provides safety. I am safe in his hand. It's actually said this way in John chapter five and verse number 24, Jesus said this, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. Hey, he shall not, this will not happen. Eternity is secure. Eternity is safe. I think of John 6, These words are given, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Hey, it is a promise. We just read a minute ago in Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Hey, once Jesus is in your life, once you have him as your everlasting father, you will never, ever lose that relationship with him. Man, he is the father who offers complete peace, safety, complete comfort. I read a quote a while ago, and I love it. It's this quote, There is no unfathering Christ, and there is no unchilding us. He is, ever, he is everlastingly a father to those who trust in him. Praise God for our security in Christ, our everlasting Father." Why, why is this comforting? Well, this is comforting because we will never, we will never be separated from God. He is the father of your salvation who offers you safety and comfort. I see that today that he is the father who provides safety and comfort in regards to our eternity, but I see also today that he's the everlasting father and he provides safety and comfort through our every day. I believe we address this thought quite often in our services, but, you know, Jesus is not only interested in an eternal relationship with you, and some of us us get this confused. We think that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, that it's like, okay, now the only good thing that comes from that is you have a home in heaven. All right, now question, is it a good thing to know for certain where we'll spend eternity? Yes, that's a good thing. I'm glad today to know that if I pass from this life, that to be absent from this body is to be present with God because I put my faith and my trust completely in Jesus. What a great, what a great uh, um, truth, principle for us to know when you trust Jesus as Savior, you have eternal life. But Jesus did not just offer salvation for eternal life, He offers salvation to help you today. He offers salvation comfort and safety today in your trials and in your circumstances i love the verse i read just a minute ago in luke chapter 2 verse 8 through 11 there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night the night jesus was born and lo the angel of the lord came upon them the glory of the lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid and the angel said this unto them fear not Because behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I want you to catch the phrase when he says, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. When we hear that phrase, we think of a singular instance that brings joy. Hey, so I'm speaking to you to say someone was born this is gonna be a joyful thing. This birth is a joyful thing. Were they saying that? Yes, they're saying it is a joyous thing that the baby was born. But if you were to look into some of the definitions, when it says good tidings of great joy, it, is, it literally means this is perpetual joy that's going to keep coming. Hey, Jesus being born will keep bringing joy tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. What does that help us as a believer? It helps us understand this principle. Jesus didn't just bring joy on the one night he was born. He didn't just bring joy for eternity. He wants you to know joy today. It's actually written this way in the New Testament that he offers joy that is unspeakable. Joy that is unspeakable. Peace that passes all understanding that we'll look at next week. I'm just simply wanna help us understand this morning that he is the everlasting father because he provides comfort and safety today. Hey, he's not gonna let go of the rope. You ever feel like your world is collapsing? You ever feel like things are just caving in? You ever feel like, man, I just don't know what is going on at home or at work? Hey, he is always holding the rope. He's never going to let go. He's the everlasting father that holds, not only holds the keys, but he's holding the rope, not gonna let you Not going to let you go. Jesus knows and he cares about your days. The psalmist said it this way. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him. Why? And I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth and my song will praise him because I trusted in God and he helped me. Why is he the everlasting father? Well, he's the everlasting father because he holds the keys of eternity. He offers safety and comfort. But notice third that Jesus provides strength and direction. He's the everlasting father because he gives strength and direction. When you look at the prophecies of Jesus, we saw it last week. There was a prophecy from the book of Isaiah that the Messiah would come and he would heal the brokenhearted. He would heal the sick. He would help people through their daily struggles. All throughout scripture, we find the Bible teaching that the Messiah is going to come and he is going to provide strength and direction. I want us to see this morning as a father that provides strength and direction. He's an everlasting father first who guides his children. I think of Psalm 48, 14. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Hey, did you know that Jesus was born as a baby so that he might guide you in your daily decisions? He wants a relationship with you so that you might know who to turn to in order to make some decisions and make some tough choices in life. And each and every day, he desires to lead us and to guide us. He's an everlasting father that, guides. He's an everlasting father who gives freely to his children. What does he give to us? Well, he provides wisdom. He provides strength. He provides encouragement. What else does he pursue us with? Well, I love the song that was sang a few weeks ago. It's this, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know what God follows you with? Goodness and mercy. Like he pursues you with goodness, good things and mercy. I need a kid to help me. Just one kid, one kid. Will you help me? I'll I'll do two kids. There was another hand. Come on, come here. Here, come here now. Here, come here right here. Come here right here. Now, some of the kids, some of the kids at the church, they know this, but uh, of course, I love working with kids. I love spending time with kids, probably because we're all at the same, <laughs> same level. But uh, my grandpa growing up, my grandpa always, he made a face. All right. There's a couple of the kids here. They know about this face, but he made the boogeyman face. How many of you, you had a grandpa or somebody just chase you around, be goofy? My grandpa, he'd always, I'm gonna make it for you. I kind of moved out of camera. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I should get down further. He would, he would go like this. <laughs> and he'd chase you around all the time. Wouldn't he, mom? I'm telling truth. he'd go, I gotta go, the boogeyman. <sighs> I do that with kids. How many dads chase your kids? If your dad ever chases you, hey, if your dad ever chased you guys, would you just stand there and take it? What do you do when he chases you? Run into my bed. You run. You ready? I'm going to pretend to be your. I'm not as ugly as your dad, but I'm going to pretend. <laughs> I'm, pre- I'm going to pretend to be your dad. Okay. I'm going to chase you. You guys ready? Show me what you would do. Ready? Go. They would. How many of you ran from your dad? Some of you are like, no. I turned around and gave it to him. No, don't. We're not talking about that. And you run from your dad when he's playing boogeyman. Can I tell you that in your life, in my life, come here, guys, come here. In your life and my life, God is not playing boogeyman. He's not pursuing you to tickle you and to, now he loves you and he would, he would play and do that. But you know what God is doing? God is pursuing you with goodness and kindness. Now, if your dad is offering you money, what do you do? You. If your dad's offering you a trip to go get ice cream, what are you gonna do? With go with him. You know what you'd do? If your dad's offering money or your dad's offering ice cream, I'm not running, especially if he's offering money. <laughs> I'm turning around and I'm taking, hey, I want that goodness. I want that mercy in my life. Hey, in your life, God, He, you are the child. He is the father. He pursues you with goodness and mercy. But you know what some of us keep doing? We just keep walking away. And God's saying, hey, I'm the everlasting father born as a baby here with purpose, not only to establish your eternity, but to help you and provide comfort, provide safety, provide direction. Hey, I want to provide goodness and mercy. I'm going to freely give to you every day. Thanks. You guys did a great job. Listen, in your life and in my life, we need to remember that every day he is a father who provides strength, direction, Who freely gives to us. But I want us to notice lastly this morning that he is an everlasting father because he always waits with open arms. You're probably familiar with the story of the prodigal son. The story of the prodigal son, he asked his father for his inheritance. He said, God give or he said, Father, give me everything that, that you're going if if you were to die, give me my inheritance. And the Bible says that he went out and he spent that inheritance foolishly. And the prodigal son, he wasted his money and he ended up with nothing. He ended up in a feeding pen of pigs and he was feeding slop to pigs and having to even eat of that food. And the, the Bible says that he finally came to his senses and he said this, I am way better off when I am near my father. I'm way better off when I'm close to my father, but I doubt my father's gonna want me anymore. So I'm just gonna go back and I will be a slave in his household. But I want you to hear the response of the father when he sees that boy coming over the horizon. Notice that in Luke 15, verse number 20, the boy arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. What does that tell us? His father was always watching the horizon. His father's on that porch, just pacing back and forth, waiting He sees his son coming. He had compassion, dropped everything and ran, fell on his neck and kissed him. He ran, he fell on his neck and he kissed him. Now here's how we're going to kind of end this part of the service. And I need a little more help today from any dad's, and any kids that are willing just to come stand up here. All you gotta do is just stand behind me, a dad and a kid, a dad and two kids, I don't care. If you're willing to, dads, come on, just come on up. The kids are like, we wanna come. If your kid's raising their hand and you don't do this, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> come on up, it's all right, come on, come on. Dads and kids, just all you're gonna do is just stand as a group, just right here. Come on, let's get a few more up here. Let's get a few more up here. Come on, Jimmy. You know you want to. You don't even have to say anything. You just stand there. You got a couple more. Where's my kids at? Just stand with your dad right there. Just stand with your dad. Where's my children at? Come here. Come here, kids. Micah, come here. You guys, you guys stand over there. You're just going to stand by, stand by the adopted Robert. I I need one more fam, one more, dad and kid. One more, come on, one more. Uh, Don't make me call on you. One more, just one more. All right, there we go. You guys scoot that way just a little bit. He's gonna go right here. Just go right there, Ben. Now these guys, they're not gonna do anything. I I was gonna have them race today. I was gonna do like an around the auditorium race. That was in my mind, but I'm not gonna do it. Uh, But I do have a, a couple of questions for you. My questions are this, all right? What kind of a dad, what kind of a dad would do this to their kids? Micah, would you help me? Okay, I need you just, you're just gonna try to give me a hug. Okay, that's all I need you to do. Would it be a good father that does this? Okay, come on, come on, come here. All right, you can do it again. Just do it again, do it again. Come here, come here. Come here. I'm just waiting. What kind of a dad? Here's my question to you kids. Does your dad ever do that? He might do that joking. He does it joking. Man, your dad dad might do that joking, but honestly, if you were weeping, if you needed something, and you're going to your dad, come here, pretend like you're crying. Uh... Man, the fact is this, the fact is this, that no loving dad... No loving dad. I could go through and name each of these men and we could say, are you, do you want to be a loving father? Yes. Would you, if your kid was ever needing you, would you stiff arm them and push them away? I could ask Dean, Dean, would you ever do that to Kaden or Lexi if they're coming? And I'm not talking about joking, but would you ever really just do that? Dean would, Dean would probably say, no, okay. I was, I was, I was curious. I don't know. No, listen, Dean wouldn't. Why? Man, I'm a loving dad. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to embrace my children anytime they come near me. But unfortunately, I'm not going to do this. If I were to ask these kids that are up here, and again, I'm not going to ask them, even my own. If I were to say, hey, uh, has your dad ever let you down? They'd say, yeah. I-, I could ask every single one of you. Maybe you had a great relationship with your earthly dad. Maybe you didn't. But I were to ask you, hey, has, did your earthly father ever let you down? And you'd say, yes. Hey, was your earthly father, did it, was he ever not there? When you needed him, your earthly father wasn't there. You'd, you'd say yes. I could ask all of these families a, a bunch of different questions. And I actually gave out a questionnaire earlier this week to some of our teens and kids. I asked them some questions. I just want to read you a few answers. You guys all still good? All right. Here's the question I asked. Is your dad Perfect. Every single person I asked, except for one, because I think the dad filled this one out. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who it was, but his name rhymes with Robert. <laughs> all the dads said no, or excuse me, all the kids said no. My dad's not perfect. So I asked the question, what would help your dad be perfect? Here's some good answers. Patience. To get mad at me Less. To be more understanding and see things from my point of view. To stop being old. I like that one. To be less focused on work and more growing in his faith and focusing on his family. What would help your dad be perfect? Death. There's an explanation. So he could go to heaven and be perfect there. What are some things your dad does for you? My dad gives me uh, food and a place to live. He spends time helping me grow spiritually, mentally. Third, he cares very deeply, even if he doesn't show it. My dad provides for me. He brings me to church. He helps me when I need it. My dad plays with me and teaches me things. My dad watches movies with me. My dad provides a good home and clothing and bed. There were more questions and more answers, but we could could ask multiple questions. I could ask all of you all of these questions. We could go down the line of the microphone and ask them. But at the end of the day, I hate to say this, and these men up here know this. At the end of the day, fathers, we are Imperfect. I hate, to, I hate to tell my kids this and I won't even look at them right now because it, it'll bring tears to my eyes, but I will fail them. There will be times in my life when I don't keep my word like I should. There will be times in my life as a father that they're gonna need me and I'm not gonna be able to be there for them. There's gonna be times in their lives as a father that they're gonna come to me for advice and I might give them the wrong advice or the advice that God did not want me to give or the advice, are we understanding what I'm saying that these men up here and men, we all would admit it. I am not a perfect father. But can I tell you this morning, that's why our attention is being drawn to the perfect father. He was born as a baby who holds the keys of eternity, who who gave his life so that you and I might have a relationship with God, that we might know forgiveness, that we might have his strength and his wisdom and his guidance and his provision. But can I tell you this morning, he is called Everlasting Father because he always stands with open arms. He always stands with open arms. Addie, come here. Will you come here, man who name whose name rhymes with Robert? <laughs> Adeline, would you actually here, let's go down here and do it. Come here. Come here. Come here. I'm gonna talk to Adeline for just a minute. <clears throat> this is an imperfect picture of the everlasting father. Okay. Imperfect picture. But here's what I want us to understand. Do you want to know what God every single day of your life, Jesus Christ as the everlasting father, you want to know what he's waiting for? He's waiting for this. Now, truthfully, I was going to do that with everybody that came up here, but it's just going to take too long. Uh, honestly, if I, if I did that and I said, Dean, just, just hold your arms open to your kids. Now, they, they might not jump. Caden might do it. Caden, <laughs> Caden probably would do it. I could go down the line, and every one of them, you know what they're going to do with open arms? Hey, I'm always here. Can I tell you that your earthly father may have let you down? Your heavenly father never will. He is the everlasting Father. But here's what we do sometimes. Come here, Eddie. Give me a second. Here's what we do sometimes. All right, you ready? Go. No, thank you. No, thank you. Are you sure? Your dad's waiting. You know what we do with God sometimes? We go, yeah, I know. I know I should be close to him. I know he has open arms, but I'm gonna do it my way. I'm gonna do it my way. You know what we're saying? No, thank you. Hey, I know you're the everlasting father with outstretched arms waiting for me. No, thank you. Can I just tell you this morning that the family is a picture of God and his love for us. And just like these families up here, I could go over here, just like dad right now, arms around the girls, God is always waiting for you to be close to him. Can I challenge you this morning, quit saying no thank you. And this Christmas season, remember he is the everlasting father. You guys can be seated. Thank you for coming up. You guys all did awesome. In the story, we find that the father ran and received the sons with open arms. And can I tell you that you have an everlasting father who's always waiting with open arms for his children to be close to him. He is the everlasting father that offers you complete strength, flawless wisdom, perfect direction, abounding comfort, and complete safety and security. So here's my question for you today. How's your relationship with the everlasting father? Are you and God close right now? Are you talking to him? Are you resisting his leading in your life? Are you saying no thank you? Or are you each day choosing to follow him and say, God, today I choose to be close to you as my everlasting father. We started with the actors on the TV shows. Be honest, how many of you actually thought they were an actual family? Like when you first started watching TV shows, were you like me and did that? Like I knew it was TV, but I'm like, oh man, Tim the Tool Man Taylor, he's got these three boys, they're his actual sons. Yeah. You know, I thought, I, I thought family matters. Carl, man, I, after you get older, you realize, oh, they're just actors. Can I close with this thought today? Some of us, our relationship with God is not what it should be because we're just playing family. What do you mean, pastor? Well, one of two things. First, there are some who are just playing family because they don't belong to God. And you might be here and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this morning that he wants to be your father? But in order to have a relationship with God, there's got to be a starting point where you choose him. And if you're here today and you've never chosen Jesus, you've never put your faith in him, today that needs to be your decision. But there are some here that you have chosen God as your heavenly father, but you're still playing family. You put a smile on and carry your Bible well, and you... You put the show on when you're around people that you and God are close, but you know in your heart, I haven't been treating him like my everlasting father. I haven't been close to him. I've been consumed with so much during this Christmas season. I, and you have things that are stopping you from being close to God. Can I just encourage you this morning? He waits with open arms. So today, will you choose him? If you know Christ as Savior, will you choose him to be an everlasting father that is close to you this week? And tomorrow morning as you celebrate Christmas, don't get sidetracked. Just stop and wait. Hey, God, thank you for being an everlasting father who stands with open arms. But if you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ as Savior today, today make the choice to receive him into your life. It's a decision just between you and God that every one of us has to make. I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed this morning as we come to a time of invitation. This morning, if God has spoken to you, I'm gonna pray, but I wanna encourage you to respond to the Lord. No one's looking, but just with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I ask two questions. Do you know for for certain if you died today that you'd go to heaven? If you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I know for sure. I know for sure that I've put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's not because of my family, baptism, church. God, I know, or pastor, I know that I've received Jesus into my life. If you know that for certain today, would you put your hand up as a testimony? Pastor, I know it today. I know I've made that decision before. If you know that today, would you today ask God, God, help me, help me this week to run to you as my father. Every morning, every situation, every circumstance. God, help me to be close to you. But maybe this morning, you could not raise your hand to that question. You don't know if you died today, you'd go to heaven. If you're here this morning, you'd say, pastor, I don't know it. I don't know if I died today that I'm going to heaven. I'm not going to embarrass you. I would like to pray for you though. If that's you, pastor. Would you pray for me? I don't know if I died today. I'm going to heaven. Would you just slip your hand right up and right back down? Pastor, would you pray for me? I don't know if I died today that I'm going to heaven. Just right up and right back down. Pastor, pray for me. This morning, if that's you, right where you are, right where you are, you could receive Jesus into your life. It's between you and God. The Bible says to simply confess with your mouth that you believe that Jesus was crucified, buried, and rose again for you. And if you're here right now and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus right now, you can do that. It's simple. You can pray something like this Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. And God, I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose again. And Jesus, I'm asking you to be my Savior, to forgive me of my sin, to come into my life. I choose you today. That's not those words that that save you. It's you just confessing with your mouth that you believe in your heart. And today, if you've never done that, make that decision right where you are. You don't have to come forward right where you are. You can choose Jesus. Now, if you're here this morning and you'd say, pastor, I just did that. Today I chose Jesus. I've never made that decision before, but today I did. Today, I ask Jesus to forgive me of my sin and be my savior. Haven't made that decision before, but I did today. If that's you, would you slip your hand up just so I can praise the Lord with you? Pastor, I made that decision today.